you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? You guys look good. Y'all look so good. Well, I know I look good. That's just, you know, that's given. No, I'm just playing. So glad to have you, Compassion. To our first-time guests, welcome. And I hope that I'm speaking this into existence. Welcome home. We want to say special, special congratulations to all of our graduates. In fact, next service, they'll actually be up on stage and, uh, but we want to say to all of our graduates how much we love them and appreciate them. For us, it's hard because many of them were young kids. In fact, Avery was three. Avery was three when we first came here. And uh, it is hard to believe. And at the time, I was only 22. So it's hard to believe. I'm not getting emotional. I know it's going to happen the next service. I'm just prepared for it. But to all of our graduates, we just want to say congratulations. We're so proud of you and God's blessing upon their life. Amen. Amen. You missed it last night. We had our volunteer banquet. Man, we had a ball. It was so much fun, man. We were packed out. I don't know if we had maybe two chairs left in the whole place. It was packed. We had a red carpet event. Guys, it was it had some phenomenal food. Uh, for those who, uh, you know, you're saying, well, how do I get to come to these? One way. Volunteer. Start serving on our dream team. Start serving on our departments, and you get to come to this. For those of you who signed up who didn't come, you're losers. And you owe me $15. Because that's how much I paid for your meal last night. So you owe me some money. But we had a good time, had good food, good entertainment, good, well, some got a little out of control, and Lori got out of control. We just, we talk about that later, but we had a good time, so we're excited. Shut up, she didn't do great, shut up. Don't encourage her. We continue our sermon series today on games people play. Last week I talked about Jenga. How many times we keep taking pieces out of people's lives and what we don't understand is they're going to fall apart. But if we will start piecing the right pieces in people's lives, they can be blessed. Today my game is Scrabble. Anybody ever play Scrabble? Yeah, it's, it's all built upon the idea of trying to get a word and you get points for the word. But what, what hit me is when I begin to think about Scrabble is the fact that you're, you're always building off of somebody else's word. Unfortunately, that's the way it is in life many times. We have listened and allowed and built our life off of somebody else's word that they said about us, and we believe it to be truth. It's become our motto. It's become our destiny. It's become who we are. When Listen, the word that you believe is the word that God has spoken about who you are. Not what someone else says or someone else proclaims, but what God has said about you. So today I want to talk about Scrabble. A 21st century Jewish rabbi shared the striking statement about the power of words. 
Words are singularly the most empower or powerful force available to humanity. We can choose to use the force constructively with words of encouragement or destructively use words of despair. Words have energy and power with the ability to help, to heal, to hinder, to hurt, to harm, to humiliate, and to humble. There are power in our words. The University of Arizona did a study. And in the study, for eight years, they had people wear a little device that would count how many words they spoke a day. After eight years of research, they found out that the average person speaks 16,000 words a day. Now, I know some of you, you speak more than that. <laughs> then I know some of you, you speak way less than that. Now, they, they went on to do a study at the University of California that says that the average American consumes 100,000 words a day. In other words, you hear 100,000 words a day. Now, begin to think about that for a second and the impact it has on your life and the words that are spoken and how we many times begin to believe what people say. Emily Dickinson said this, I know nothing in the world that has as much power as a word. Sometimes I write one. I look at it until it begins to shine. If we would stop for a moment and look at the words and the ability that we have when we speak, are they going to shine or are they going to bring darkness? Are they going to glorify God or bring despair to His name? I want us today to talk about words. In fact, I want you to, today I'll be reading out almost out of, totally out of the Proverbs. Today I'll be doing a little bit different. I normally read out of the NIV. Today I'll be out of the New King James Version. And I want to talk to you about the power of our words and what they mean. It says in Proverbs 18 verse 4, a person's words can be life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbling brook. Our words can be life-giving water and as a bubbling brook. Brook. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the words that we're about to receive. And I pray today, Lord, that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one leave this house the same way that they came to be blessed by your word in your presence. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, amen and amen. You know, we put letters together to make a word. In fact, in the game Scrabble, the more letters you have and certain letters you have, they give you more points. But just like we put letters together to make a word, can I tell you that our words put together sentences? Our sentences put together phrases? And when we begin to put those phrases and statements together, they begin to create one word that speaks about our life, who we are. If I were to ask you today to describe yourself in one word, what would that word be? They don't answer that. Because here's what I've learned in life. Most of us, what we do is we have a word that describes who we are. The problem is many times it's not the word that we really are. It's what we wish we were. And if I were to go around to a friend or a neighbor 
a husband or a wife, and ask them today to give me a word to describe who you are, it would probably be different than the word you use to describe yourself. You would probably say, I'm a, I'm a positive person. Your wife would probably go, Pfft. no, he ain't he negative. You would probably say, I'm an uplifting person, and someone would go, uh, I've never seen it before. You've been hiding it. See, all of us, if we would begin to listen to those around us and what we, they say about the words that we use, but not the words that they use, what would it say about us? I want to talk about three words today that I feel should come out of the mouth of every believer and every Christian. Three words that should be on our tongue, three words that proceed out of our mouth, three words that those around you, knowing that you're a believer, knowing you're a Christian, that these three words should come out of your mouth all the time. Number one is this. Let your words spell out healing. Let your words spell out healing. It says in Isaiah 53, 5, but he was wounded by our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. How do you know we serve a healing God? Amen? We serve a God that can heal your body, that can heal your marriage, that can heal your finances, that can heal your relationships, that can heal your disappointments, that can heal your despair. We serve a healing God. And God wants to bring healing to you today. God doesn't want you to live in the pain and the sorrow and the hurt that you're in. God wants to bring you out of that discouragement. God wants to bring you out of that sorrow. God wants to raise you up today because he is a healing God. That's why he bore the stripes. For by his stripes, listen, don't let his stripes be in vain. Don't let his stripes before he was placed upon the cross, let it not be for no reason. He bore those stripes today to bring healing in every aspect and every part of your life this morning. But you've got to be willing to, to allow the healing in your life. You've got to be willing to receive the healing in your life. And you've got to be willing to speak the healing in your life. It tells us in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18, there is one who speaks rashly like he thrust a sword, but the Tongue of the wise bring healing. Can I say something to you today? Think about what you say before you say it. My father always taught me something. He said, let me tell you who the wisest one in the room is. It's the quietest. The one that's always running their mouth is usually not the smartest one in the room. The smartest one in the room is usually the one being quiet, and he or she is observing the room. She's finding or he's finding out everything he can about every person in the room. See, I say that to you because many times what we have to learn in our life is our words should bring healing. And before you speak, before you say something, I want to know, is those words going to bring healing to that person's despair? Healing to that person's situation? Healing to the pain that they're going through in their marriage? Is it bringing healing or is it going to make things worse? It tells us in Proverbs 11, verse 9, evil words destroy one's friends. Wise discernment rescues the godly. Evil words destroy one's friends. Wise discernment. Can I learn, can you start being discerning? Can you start being discerning? Maybe what I'm about to say is not going to be good. 
Maybe what I'm about to say isn't going to help the situation. It's going to hurt the situation. Some of you have become Captain Obvious people. They already know what they did was wrong. They already know what they did caused pain. They already know that they made a bad mistake. You don't need to sit there and beat them over the head with it, amen? You don't need to sit there and make them feel bad. You don't need to sit there and make yourself feel better because you're pushing them down, amen? We need to realize in our life as men and women of God that evil words destroy friends, but we've got to trust in God. How do I learn to bring healing through my words? It says in Proverbs 16, verse 24, kind words, I love this right here. In fact, it sounds like a country song. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Don't that sound like a, sounds like a country song Charlie Lane would sing right there. I'm going to have my little granddaughter one day write that song. Sweet as honey. You don't like it? I don't care about you. See, we got to think about the words that I'm about to speak and the, the words that I'm about to say. Will it bring heat or bring cooling? Will it bring health or bring pain? I've got to learn that the words that I'm going to speak as a man or, or woman of God, it should be uplifting, encouraging. It should take away despair. It should take away pain. I've got to learn. See, the, the, the word kind here in the Hebrew actually means this delight. Are your words delightful? Think about it. Because some of you right then, you were thinking yes, but I looked over at your spouse and they're looking like he better not say yes. The, the word right, the word kind there means to, to be suitable. Is it suitable for this situation? Can I tell you something? Sometimes just learn to say, I love you. Sometimes it's better to say, I'm here for you. Sometimes it's good just to say whatever you need. Sometimes you just, is it suitable to what we're about to discuss? The word also means pleasant. Think about it. When's the last time a pleasant word came out of your mouth? Pleasant. The next one is this grace. How many know that our words should be full of grace? Our words should be full of grace. It, it tells us in Proverbs 17, 9. Here, here's another one. Can, can I tell you a, a good way for sometimes your words to bring healing? Don't see nothing at all. He who covers a transgression seeks love. But he who repeats a matter separates a friend. Can I tell you that sometimes the best thing you do is keep your mouth shut? When someone shares something with you, it's for you and them to pray about and to go to nobody else. Can I tell you that sometimes the greatest words that you can say is no words at all? I'll never forget years ago I was pastoring in Newcastle, Oklahoma. And I went up one night, a lady, she was in the hospital. Her husband had came to see her in the hospital. And while he's there, he has a massive heart attack and dies. She was the one in the hospital. I, I, I got there that night, and as I got there, I was about to walk in the room, and there's already a preacher, a chaplain that is already there. And when I kind of stepped back, because I, I didn't want to interrupt the moment, but he's saying stuff like, well, you know he's in heaven. You know he's in a better place. It's all the accolades, all, all, all the words that try to make you feel better, and I could tell she didn't like it. In fact, I could tell in about five minutes, if I didn't get in that room, she's going to hurt him. So I just walked in the room. 
put my arms around her, and I just loved on her. I just held her. And she just bawled and cried and wept. Later on, she would say, that's what I needed. I didn't need all the words. Listen, sometimes the words don't help. Sometimes the words don't bring what you need. Sometimes you need to know you just need to be there. Sometimes, can I say it and it be all right? You know, sometimes you got to learn to just shut your mouth. Because what you're doing isn't bringing hope. It's bringing despair. It's bringing a hopeless situation even further down. We need to learn that we've got to bring hope. And sometimes the best way we do that is keeping our mouth shut. Number two, let our words spell out honesty. Let our words spell out honesty. It says in Proverbs 25, 18, telling lies about others is as harmful as hitting them with an ax. Now, I feel like I need to put a disclaimer here because I know some of you, you go out and hit somebody with an ax and say, my pastor said that's better than saying bad words. No, that's not what I mean. But listen to what it says. Telling lies about others is as harmful as hitting them with an ax, wounding them with a sword, or shooting them with a sharp arrow. What, what is the thing we always say? Sticks and stones might break my bones, but words will never. That's not true. In fact, sometimes words are the most painful thing we'll ever endure. We can get over the pain. We can get over the hurt. We can get over the cuts and the bruises. But many times it's the words that have been spoken over our life that it's hard to get beyond. Me and my wife have been watching a documentary called The Staircase. And it's all about a guy that uh, they found his wife dead at the bottom of a staircase. And they charged him with murder. Although that her scalp, her uh, skull had not been broken, although there was no injury to her brain, she had little things on her head and where she'd fallen back as she was going up the staircase, fallen back, hit her head a few times, and she died, bled to death. They went to trial and... The whole time we're watching, I'm like, there's no way they're going to find this guy guilty. I mean, there's just no way. And finally, they bring in a North Carolina SBI agent who begins to testify about all they found out, all they understood to be. It was beat, she was beaten over the head with, a, with this object and da-da-da-da. Because of that, he would be convicted. Eight years after being in prison, there would be a whole other case and in this whole other case, come to find out, this SBI agent lies. He would get in court and tell lies, things that were not true. He would say, we use this method. And people, he would say, in fact, even the lawyer said, does everybody use this method? Oh, yes, it's a common practice. It was a bull-faced lie. He told the lawyer, he said, I've been a part of at least over 200 cases. Bull-faced lie. The man lied, and because of that, this guy lost his freedom. Can I tell you that sometimes the words and the lies that we speak take away other people's freedom? We don't maybe send them to prison, but we take away their joy and their peace. We take away their self-confidence and their security. See, we have to learn as, as men and women of God that our, the words that come out of our mouth always need to be honest. God says there's six things I hate, seven I detest. One of those being a lying tongue. See, God knows what happens to our lives. See, the words that come out of our mouth always need to be honesty. But can I say this to you? Speak the truth in love. My wife walked in the other day. I had on some clothes. She looked at me, she said, oh my God, what are you wearing? I said, what do you mean? You're not wearing that, are you? 
I guess not, honey. And she proceeds to go into the closet and start getting me clothes. Now, I, I, I get it. And in fact, she tried, She said, if I was not here, what would you wear? That's what she said to me. If I were not here, what would you wear? It was hurtful. I cried for hours. Now, me, I understand. My wife dresses me. I, I dress the way I do because of her. I get, but there could have been a better way. She could have walked in at worse and gone, that's interesting. <laughs> but, but, but may I suggest to you an alternate attire. I mean, that would work, honey, in, in, in certain situations. But maybe, maybe I, I, let me suggest something that maybe just a tad bit better in this situation. My wife goes, is that what you're wearing? What would you do if I wasn't here? That's what she said to me. See, we have to learn to speak the truth, but we've got to learn to speak the truth in love. See, honesty should flow out of our mouth. Honesty should flow. It says in Ephesians 4, 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every kind of doctrine, but the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in, grow up in all things to him who is the head. In other words, we speak the truth in love. Amen. Number three. And I'll close with this. Number three. Let your words spell hope. Let your words spell out hope. It says in Proverbs 25, verse 11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold sitting in silver. I, I kind of like it in the message form, form. It says this, the right word at the right time is like a custom-made piece of jewelry. I don't understand sometimes the words that we say. They hurt. They demean. See, if we are truly children of God and men and women of God, God is a healing God. And if that's the words He speaks, that's the words we should speak. He is a God that cannot lie, the Bible tells us. So if he is an honest God, should we not be an honest people? And honesty flow out of our mouths. If he is a God of hope, then should we not be a people of hope? It says in Proverbs 15, 23, a man has joy by the answers of his mouth and a word spoken in due season how good it is. What that means is there is somebody that needs to hear the words you've got to say. There are some of you that they don't need to hear the words you've got to say. There is power of life and death in our tongue and we shall eat the fruits of it. There is power of life and death in our tongue and we shall eat the fruits of it. 
See, I'm not just talking today about the words you speak over someone else. On my drive to our first service today, I text all my pastors and I said, guys, today I pray that you don't just speak the word. You proclaim the word. Our words become seeds that go into our future and plant a harvest. And one day you shall reap what you've sown. I'm not speaking some positive thinking accolades. I'm not just trying to say something. To, I am telling you it is a biblical concept that the words that you say have an impact. Paul says some will plant, some will water. What Paul was saying is the words that I speak are planted into the lives that I come in contact with. And one day some will come and water those seeds and they will bring a harvest. They will bring a harvest. See, for some of you, you've been speaking negativity over those in your life. It's time to stop. If you don't have something good to say, don't say anything at all. But let me say this. Don't just speak lies either. Speak the truth. There are some that need to hear the truth, but it needs to be what? Summed up with love. See, our words should bring healing. Our words should be honest. And our words should bring hope. Are your words bringing hope today? And let me say this, not just over those in our lives, but over us. Can, can I tell you today, it is easy to be the captain obvious and speak your situation. But won't you speak beyond your situation? I know right now my marriage looks as if it's on the rocks, but I'm here to tell you I serve a healing God that by his stripes I am healed. And I speak the same healing over my marriage. I may not see it. It may look bad, but I know that my God is in control. And I will speak it, and I will speak it, and I will speak it until it comes to pass. I know what the doctors say about my health. But I also know that my God is in control. He is the great physician. And his word says, by his stripes I am healed. So in Jesus' name, I speak that word over my life today. I'm not going to speak the words of the doctor. I'm not going to speak the words of the doctor. I'm going to speak the words that God said. And by his stripes I am healed. I'm not going to say the words that my mother and my father said about me that I don't matter. I'll never amount to anything. I'll, listen, I ain't going to speak those words. I'm going to speak the words that God says that I'm wonderfully made in the image of God. That I am the top and not the bottom. I am the head and not the tail. I am blessed coming in and I am blessed going out. I will speak the words of God over my life. Even when I don't see it, even when I'm not experiencing it, I will say it. Because I know if I speak it, there is a possibility that God's going to make it happen in my life. I want you to stand with me. To all of you negative Nancys and negative Neds, it's time to stop. Your negativity is not godly. And it is not God's words. It's time to be positive and speak the positive words over your life. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here today and say, Pastor, I'm not always positive. I've, I, I speak negativity quite often. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes. Lord, I speak over every hand that is raised. Forgive them today, Lord, for their negative words 
their negative connotations. I, I, I pray today, Lord, in Jesus' name, that their words will bring glory to your name. Their words will uplift others around them. And their words will speak the positive over their own lives. Right now, in Jesus' name. How many of you have negative words spoken in your life and it's affected you to today? I want you to raise your hands. Yes. Lord, I speak over every hand that is raised. And I proclaim in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, no more, no more. Where they believe the lies and the words that were spoken in their life years ago. I pray that, Lord, those voices be silenced and that, Lord, they would hear your word, your word over their life. One last question, I'll let you go. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if you say, Pastor, if I were to die today, I don't know where I'm going, but I want to know today with all certainty that I'm on my way to heaven. If you would like to invite Jesus Christ into your life right now, I just want you to lift your hand right where you are. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. I've had three raise their hand. Four. I got four. Praise God. I want all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud. Say it proud as four new names are being written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise today. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.